What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. As I'm sure, well, uh, as most of y'all know, uh, the recent controversy of last night's ending, the conclusion of the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, man, uh, whew, where do we even begin? I mean, I've been seeing it all over today. Uh, it really, the, the last time I can really think of a conclusion like this, of a game, I don't think it was really the conclusion of a game. It was more to be told of, um, it kind of reminisced of the Malice in the Palace, uh, the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers. Now, to be told, that was more of a, a malicious fight that was more of a serious degree, you know, with Ron Artest getting into the stands and fighting a fan, this and that. But you got to think, like, near the end of the play, end of, you know, end of the game, eight seconds left, Cleveland already got the W in the bag, you know, 21-7, big win against the rivalry against my Steelers. Mason Rudolph played a terrible game. Uh, Baker Mayfield actually played well uh, for once this season. Two touchdowns, rushing touchdown. And nobody brought that up. Nobody brought any kind of stats. No I, no one even brought up the, the final score. You know, all of this controversy that happened on what happened just within a few seconds near the end of the game. That was all this talked about. Miles Garrett sacking uh, Mason Rudolph as he got rid of the ball and eventually, you know, takes off his helmet and then hits Mason Rudolph with it. And it's just, man, I, I, I really don't know. It's hard to describe what even... I'm really curious what happened, what was said, things of that nature. But, you know, I, I saw the interview of Miles Garrett and they interviewed him after the end of the game. And he's just like, I apologize, this and that, yada, yada, yada. And so you got to think like, man, like, what are you thinking? Now, truth be told, excuse me, there's always, you know, there's always two sides of a story. And as you can see, closer look into the detail, Mason Rudolph did look like he tried to take Miles Garrett uh, Garrett's like helmet off or whatever, but that was it. Like, I don't see why he just went up and just snapped out of nowhere. Like, if you're trying to take off my helmet near the end of the game, I'd be like, all right, whatever. You know, we got this W. But for him to just get so angry so fast, it was just, man, what happened? Like, and it's a shame because now Cleveland, they're actually back in the hunt for a wild card, technically speaking. Uh, the odds don't look great and play play in their favor, but they still have a shot. Uh, this was a big win, so they're this with this win, their season is still alive. Um, you know, it's just I I don't know. I'm just really curious on why Miles Garrett, Garrett just went from zero to hundred so quick. Uh, you know, like I said, end of the game, and he just he was so aggravated that he took 
he forced Mason Rudolph to the ground and then just took off <clears throat> his helmet. And then Mason got mad and charged at, uh, <clears throat> charged at him. And <laughs> Miles Garrett swung at him with his own helmet. And he connected. So <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a eccentric scenario. And he, he's the best defensive player they got on the team. So he's uh, news broke out, or, you know, earlier today that he's suspended for the rest of the season. That's even including uh, the playoffs if Cleveland does happen to make it to the playoffs. So he's he's gone, gone. See, I'm sure there's going to be a fine, whatever the fine may be. And technically speaking, that's uh, his act. He committed assault. Now, there's certain rules, you know, it's football, I get it, but when it comes to standards like that, if you're, if you are, as far as I know, if you're assaulting someone, punching, hitting, kicking, uh, you know, when they don't have their equipment on, then you can technically, you know, that, that's, that's considered assault. So, I don't know what's going to happen. I, this hasn't been the first time where we saw... NFL players lose their cool. So that's not, you know, Domkin Sue did it to Green Bay a couple years ago when he, he was with the Lions. Stopped on one of the players. Albert Hainsworth. <clears throat> I think Andre Johnson. <sighs> when he swung his, someone on one of the Tennessee Titan players. But either way, I mean, <clears throat> I'm just trying to figure out what, uh, you know, what transpired. What was said? What was what? What did Mason Rudolph or whatever get Miles Garrett so amped up so quick uh, in the final seconds of the game? So, excuse me. It just I don't know. It's you know Cleveland. Kudos to them. Big win at home Thursday night football. Uh, Mason Rudolph played terrible. He's definitely not their go-to. And truth be told, you got to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster's out. Deontay Washington is out. So they're, you know, in the, plus they lose A.B. in the offseason. So you got not one, not two, but three uh, wideouts that you had uh, in the first three uh, positions in your depth chart are gone for your wideouts. And you have a backup quarterback who's arguably maybe second, third string. So you might have to bring in Brett Hudley. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there or what's going to transpire. Uh, but truth be told, Mike Tomlin, for the most part, he's done a phenomenal job in Pittsburgh coaching them. Five and five, that defense has been phenomenal. Uh, trading that first round pick to, for Minka Fitzpatrick to the Miami Dolphins was a huge success. I was kind of iffy on that in the outs, but so far, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, he's been a turnover machine in a good way, picking off and uh, rece- getting fumbles here and there, touchdowns, whatever it may be. So, and then the, the rest of the defense, uh, from Bud Dupree to Devin Bush out of Michigan. Those guys have been doing their part. T.J. Watt, uh, you know, 
all these three, four years of draft picks uh, on the defense have all been, you know, first rounders from Bud Dupree to Devin Bush to TJ Watt, and it's working in our favor. Uh, you know, our defense is, it's, if it wasn't for this defense, I, I assure you, Pittsburgh would not have five wins. Uh, that defense saved us against that Los Angeles Rams last weekend. So, but with the quarterback scenario, one touchdown, four interceptions, that's not going to get it done. Uh, Pittsburgh, they still have a shot. They're still in the playoff hunt. But that it, they got to win out from here, basically. They got to play out like, you know, as, as if it's a, a, a playoff game, essentially. Um, it, maybe they can get in at a 9-7 and seven at best, but that's even cutting it close. Uh, 10 and 6 finishing the season is their best bet, but you know, six games left left in the season. They got to win the last five out of the six. Um, we'll see what happens. They got Cleveland two weeks later down the road at Heinz Field. Um, we'll see. But uh, as for Miles Garrett and Cleveland, it's um, and I get it when emotions are high. You know, logic tends to be low, and he, he got aggravated with Mason Rudolph trying to take off his helmet. But, it, man, it's just it's near the end of the game. Like, I, I get it. It wasn't right of Mason Rudolph, and it wasn't right of uh, Marquise Pouncey doing, you know. He was uh, hitting and kicking uh, Miles Garrett as well. He, 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 he needs to get suspended as well. Um, but it's just, <laughs> man, when... When you start swinging on it, when the way just the way Miles Garrett did it, when imagine you know he 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 was he was trying to force Mason Rudolph to the ground and then just won't stop and so Marquise Pouncey got in the rest of his offensive linemen rightfully so because that's their boy that's their quarterback they're gonna defend their guy no matter what so I could see why they rebuttal as well. Granted, their rebuttal was in a more aggressive way, such as Miles Garrett, and it wasn't right. But either way, you could see how, you know, these things kind of tend to flare up and have an influence on the others on the field. Again, he, he, nobody's actions was right. Um, I just don't get the, 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 the minimal argument when it comes to Mason Rudolph. Him trying to take off <laughs> Miles Garrett's helmet. It's just like, well, he was trying to take off his helmet and take off the straps. It's like, okay, but there's eight seconds left. Let the man do it. You know, it's let him be petty. Okay. Is it right? No, but is it right to get suspended for the remainder of the season? Cost your team a possibility of losing a playoff spot and without you being there? No. Eight seconds left in the game. Like, if I sacked a quarterback or whatever and he, you know, he tried to take off my helmet, I'd be like, whatever. You know, we got the win. It's over. And people are trying to justify, you know, the end of the means for what Miles Garrett did. It's like, look, he, this guy literally, you know, he took off a helmet and swung at the dude. Now, granted, that dude did charge at him when he had his helmet with him. But still, it doesn't justify the, you know, what he did was right. But either way... You know, it's going to be a never-ending argument. Even guys like James Harrison tweeted, say technically that's assault, That you know, so. And he was very vocal about it and wasn't happy about it. And then you got the, you know, other people saying otherwise, saying that Miles Garrett was, uh, I wouldn't say they said he was in the right, but they see why he did it. But it's just like, 
it's gonna be a never-ending discussion but truth be told it's just like imagine if that was you know it, it players need to put themselves in uh you know their team's perspective was it right was it wrong imagine if someone did that did that to tom brady or aaron Rodgers or um whoever right so Either way, you know, the, the NFL is going to make a example out of Miles Garrett because this news is going to get more headlines, not just on the ESPNs and the Fox Sports and whatever it may be. This is going to get headline attentions from the Fox News and the CNNs and the ABC News or whatever whatever news outlets that doesn't really pay attention to that much mainstream of, of sports. So they're going to make an example out of Miles Garrett. And, um, so it's just, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, Miles Garrett's a phenomenal player, has over 10 sacks this season, best defensive player on their team. And again, as I, you know, I, I like the guy, he's a phenomenal athlete, fun to watch. He's a beast. The man looks like he's built like a Greek God. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I'm just I get it, uh, you know, it's just, you know, someone trying to take off your helmet, but it's just, I just don't get why, why at that particular moment, why at the end of the game, I, uh, or at, I mean, truth be told, I'm not saying like at any time, like if it was halftime, he, he would be allowed to do it. Not at, not at any time should anyone be allowed to do that. It doesn't matter who you are. I just, uh, you know, and that took away the, the, the W out of Cleveland. They won in loss at the same time in the same night. Like, the, only Cleveland or the Detroit Lions are capable of doing this. So, it's just, the, you just lost your best defense player for the rest of the season. Um, so, it's just, I don't know. Uh, Cleveland's going to Cleveland. <laughs> uh, like I said, the NFL broke news. He, he suspended it definitely for the remainder of the season. That's including playoffs. We'll see what Cleveland or how they or how this transpires. Either way, uh, Mason Rudolph he's he's been he's been oof, he's got memed like crazy since that since that incident last night and it's been never ending. The internet is savage. It's undefeated. It's you know the internet's gonna internet. They're they're savages to its core. All the people that come up with these things it's just oof. It's rough. I would hate being a celebrity or football player, nonetheless. It's, uh, man, people, some people just have no soul and no mercy, I swear. But uh, with Miles Garrett, man, um, I don't know. The, I, it's just, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to rebuttal for, you know, in support of his actions. I don't get it. Um, you know, I get it. it just, it's a very raw and emotional game. I can't say because I've, I've never played you know, professional football, never have, never will. And so in that heat, in the heat of battle, you know, it's just you lose your cool sometimes and you, you just see red, I guess. But, um, you know, imagine if this if this was, you know, not like a Mason Rudolph. What if, you know, what if he, he connected with his helmet, but what if he connected uh from the from the top of the helmet the top of the helmet is the most constructive uh it's it's the hardest part uh of the helmet uh, is the core on top on on top of the helmet uh right in the center what if you connected there that's the hardest part 
um, you know, it's just the NFL is always uh, encouraging safety protocols and concussions, this and that. And then this gets out and this highlight and this gets out to the news outlets and others. And and plus, they got, the NFL's got enough controversy it is with the whole Colin Kaepernick spiel. So they're just trying to get least attention as possible. And you know with Colin Kaepernick, who should be signed by someone who shouldn't be unemployed for the past two seasons, who's made the Super Bowl, um, you got to give the man his shot. We'll see how those workouts go uh, tomorrow for him on uh, the Saturday workouts and a couple of teams are scoping him out. So he should be a starting quarterback. He's definitely a lot better than most starting quarterbacks that, you know, that are currently for any uh, football teams right now. Hell, I'm a Steelers fan. I'll take Colin Kaepernick. I don't care what your political beliefs are, uh, left wing, right wing, whatever it may be. Uh, he's a phenomenal player, phenomenal athlete. I get his understanding for the kneeling, and that was it. He literally practiced as a First Amendment right, and people got mad because all he all he did was in a peaceful manner for his for the injustice that happens in our country. But you know, it, again, there's gonna be two sides constantly just arguing back and forth, just like the Miles Garrett incident, and it's just gonna be you know. Being part of the third party like I am, observing far, uh, observing far away and taking notes, you can try and you know, try to have some equal middle ground for both parties, but none of them will ever you know, conclude to have any uh, common bargain between the two. So, when incidents like this, when uh, serious uh, confrontations like this happen. You know, there's there's going to be punishment, um, you know, and so it's just I don't know. It's it's a crazy eccentric scenario, and Cleveland won in loss at the same time. I don't think anyone brought up a simple stat of anything or anyone. Baker Mayfield had three total touchdowns last night, and no one talked about it. Mason Rudolph played terrible. He played trash. He played like a bag of ass. He threw four interceptions. No one talked about it. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was out for the most of the game with concussion protocol. No one talked about it. All they talked about was what happened in the last eight seconds of that game of Miles Garrett. So I don't. It's just man, the NFL is crazy. But hey, ten game. We're you know ten eleven weeks in. That's great. Uh, Pitt's still alive, 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Cleveland, they're still alive as well. I believe they're 4-5-1 and one or something like that. Uh, they still have a shot. Uh, the AFC North, uh, somewhat still open, but favorites, you got to give it to Baltimore. I bought Lamar Jackson, he's playing an MVP caliber season right now. Him and Russell Wilson. I think it's going to go to Russell Wilson, truth be told. That's just my agenda. But uh, either way, <clears throat> um, it's man, it's just a great, crazy end of that game. There's a, I don't know how how well to elaborate on it more. It's just the fact that you know, uh, dude lost his cool in the final eight seconds, and his team was winning. Uh, he sacked the quarterback. The quarterback, you know, took some straps off his helmet. He didn't like that. He snapped and took off his helmet. 
quarterback got up, charged at him, and he swung at the swung at the guy with his own helmet, connected, and then Marquise Pouncey the, uh, for the Steelers took Miles Garrett to the ground, kicked and uh, kicked and punched him, and that was it. And Miles Garrett, you know, even you know roughed him up a little bit and punched him a few times on the ground, but. I don't know. It's just, oh. so it's just either way, you know, they're going to look at this highlight and they're going to see Miles Garrett as, you know, the, the antagonist. And yet, yes, again, like I said, the whole, uh, you know, little thing of Mason Rudolph trying to take off his straps, whatever. Like I said, it's just, dude, it's near the end of the game. I'd be like, okay, whatever. Uh, we're up two touchdowns. It's 21 to seven. I sacked you. Let's get out of here. It's it's game over. But I don't know. It's some particular reason. For some reason, people are still going to find a way to uh, convolute some uh, rebuttal as to why he did it, even if that means assaulting someone. <laughs> so that's just the world we're in. It is what it is. Um, so being part of third party, we're always getting taken out because we don't take either side. When it comes to certain scenarios like this. But with that being said. I'm going to take a quick little break. And you are listening to Engine Reserve Podcast. Well, welcome back to Engine Reserve Podcast. And besides the whole spiel of the Miles Garrett uh, ending a Thursday night football, other news broke out as well. Um, uh, for those who don't know, which the news would have been a lot bigger, perhaps, had this not occurred, um, Carmelo Anthony signed with the Portland Trail Blazers. The 35-year-old forward, um, basically, Portland put him on a contract where essentially means it's just like, we'll pay you, but we're going to pay you a month where, you know, we'll see where you stand fit, basically, in our system. I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know this was the actual contract. Now, technically speaking, they did give him an un... It's... It's an amount, but it's just un, you know, I guess I can't think of the term undisclosed, I guess you call it, perhaps. They gave him a number. He liked it. He liked the bargain. So he's going to roll with it. Now, looking on paper, um, I kind of like it and I don't. But, I mean, see, you, you got Damian Lillard and you got CJ McCollum. They do phenomenal with one another. Damian Lillard being their go-to, CJ McCollum being Robin, basically. So you got Batman and Robin, and now uh, you're adding, <laughs> and now you're adding Carmelo Anthony to that mix. We'll see how he sees fit. Um, I'm sure he knows that this is kind of this is his last chance, basically. Um, he only played ten games last season. And that was with the Houston Rockets. Uh, obviously, him playing with them, it didn't work out. Uh, 
you know, just the chemistry between James Harden and Chris Ball was already kind of like it was frizzling out. It just wasn't working. So, and obviously it showed they they sent CP3 to Oklahoma City. And they're like, hey, give us Russell Westbrook, you know. So, the rest is history. So, Carmelo Anthony, uh, 35 years old. I uh, averaged around 13 points a game last season. Career, he was around 25, 25 points, seven boards, three assists. Time-time All-Star, uh, scoring champion back in 2013. Uh, a couple Olympic medals. So he's got some solid, you know, he's got some solid achievements for his resume. Definitely a future basketball Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. It's just, this is where Camella needs to understand where the system doesn't revolve around him. And we're going to see how this plays out. And I'm going to be very intrigued because, one, I don't want to see a man's career, you know, go out like that. It's just a lot of people were paying for concern that, you know, no one's signing him, free agency, this and that. And he's just, you know, I at the same time, I kind of understand it because I, th- at first he was asking for demands that, you know, it's just like asking for demands as if he's still in his prime. We all know it's not like that. So he needs to understand and kind of take a comparison as if, as if it was like Allen Iverson. Uh, his career kind of faded out and it didn't really fade out, you know, kindly. It didn't fade out like a Kobe Bryant, like a farewell tour kind of thing, or Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? Uh, so he didn't get to play his final game. So hopefully, you know, this could be his final season. This could be his final send-off. Um, we'll see what Portland does with him. Uh, perhaps be that strong six-man that they need. Perhaps, baby, you know, I could see him putting up Possibly like, I don't know, around 16, 17, five boards, two assists here and there between 25 and 30 minutes a night. We'll see though, because we'll see if he's, uh, you know, is he in good shape? Uh, has his cardio been up? Has he been taking care of his body? This and that, yada, yada, yada. Because Carmelo came in at the same time as LeBron James, but we all know. LeBron James is just a workout monster, and he just goes in that hyperbolic time chamber every offseason, takes care of his, his body phenomenally, uh, spends probably, I, I imagine, probably around a mil a year just on his body and recovery, uh, foods, you name it, diet, exercise, etc., the man knows how to take care of his body, and that's why he's still putting up around you know, 25, 26 a game around year 17. As to compared to Carmelo, where he's just now entering his 17th season, getting signed, is going to probably be that six man coming off the bench. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It all happens to everyone. So eventually there's going to come a time where it happens to LeBron as well. <laughs> but either way, uh, Carmelo going to Portland, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard. On paper, looks nice, 
but we'll see how that transpires as well. Because when everything looks great on paper, it doesn't mean it works out. You know, it's essentially like uh, like um, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that's They're one of the examples. They should have a winning record, but they're struggling. They picked up Odell Beckham Jr. They got Jarvis Landry, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, coming off a solid rookie campaign. And, uh, you know, the tools are there. It looks great. But, uh, you know, things don't always work out as planned. Um, so it's just Cleveland is struggling right now. So. We'll see how things turn out, but I don't see Cleveland doing any better, you know. Um, you know, it, it was a big win, no doubt, for Cleveland against Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, with Pittsburgh loses uh, their first three wide receivers, either from injury or to uh, 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 trade in the offseason. Uh, and plus they lose their, uh, their running back. Uh, but that was two years ago. But the, uh, but James Conner did get hurt. So they lose their, their running back. And you're down to second string quarterback. The, the starting quarterback gets hurt. And he <laughs> throw four picks. And you still only win by two touchdowns. It's just like, yeah. It's just like, yeah, Cleveland won. But is it because Cleveland won? Or is it because Pittsburgh, you know, just you know, basically shot themselves in the foot. When you look at the stats, you look at the turnovers, and you look at, like, wow, they only won by two touchdowns on four interceptions. It's just like, eh, Pitt's defense pretty good. <laughs> they're they're riding that way, basically. So, but not to get too off-track, essentially the Cleveland Browns were, you know, it's kind of, they, they look good on paper, but and nothing has came about it this season. So Portland Trailblazers, now that they picked up Carmelo Anthony, looks great on paper, but is anything going to transpire from it? We'll see. So, um, but either way, I think it's a solid pickup. I'm glad to see him back. Hopefully, you know, this will be one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is my final season as well. Uh, and we'll go from there. But uh, either way, you know, uh, good for Carmelo. We'll see how things work out there. Uh, Portland definitely they got they got a solid chance for a playoff run again, and uh, we'll see how things turn out there. But I'm gonna take a quick little break, and y'all listening to Andrew Reserve podcast. Welcome back to Injured Reserve Podcast. This will be the final segment of the day. So, <clears throat> the college football playoff rankings. Getting a little more... Uh, how can I say this? I'm trying to, uh, it's, it's getting a little tighter by each week. Let's put it that way. Um, and it's, it's, it's a crazy scenario if, if things play out the way they do. So, recently LSU, you know, they win 45-41 against Alabama... At, at, in Crimson Tide territory, by the way, which is crazy, and you know that's that's a rare thing to happen, especially during Nick Saban's era. But nonetheless, uh, LSU, 
they're up there along with Ohio State and Clemson. So here's the thing. Um, you got to think they still have Bama. Uh, you know, they're in that four. They're, I think, at the five spot, technically speaking, when it comes to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, they're ranked fourth right now. So here's here's the situation that you know the college football playoff committee's got to pay attention to. Um, let's say let's see. Right now, if things play out the way they do, and if everyone wins outright, you got Baylor that's undefeated, and between Ohio State and Minnesota, one of those two is going to go undefeated. If Minnesota wins outright. And they go to the Big Ten and face Ohio State. Then so you got Baylor, Minnesota, LSU, and Clemson. So that's four teams right there that you got to think that hey they want they went out right right. So, but now are they gonna leave Bama out that mix? How does this work? See again again here we go with this another you know familiar familiar territory like we've had for the past year or so where we think the college football committee should expand to six, maybe eight teams. I think it should be six teams just for the fact that the one and two seeds get a bye. It's just like, you know, NFL playoffs. You know, one, two, uh, you know, know, the one seed from the NFC gets that bye. One seed from the AFC gets a bye as well. But, you know, just one and two seeds, six teams, simple as that. Four teams essentially play in like a wild card round. And then they face the one and two seed and so on and so forth. So I think there should be a six-team college football. But right now, this is, like I said, it's I'm very interested and intrigued how this is going to play out. Baylor's still undefeated. Uh, Minnesota, what they've been doing and what they did to Penn State, that surprised me. I really didn't think... They would have a shot against Penn State. Um, the Nittany Lions are a very good football team. And what P.J. Fleck was able to do, um, you know, this was the big time. This was the game of the year probably so far for them. Uh, you think, he, he, you look at the res- their schedule, and it wasn't really as gruesome as, like, compared to, like, Ohio State's or Michigan's, but... This was like our true test for them for, for this season. Their season was on the line for this if they wanted to make it to uh, make their case for uh, making the national title. And they did that. They beat Penn State. Penn State's a very good football team. <clears throat> and so it's just it's crazy to see PJ Flight go from coaching undefeated Western Michigan Broncos to, uh, you know, going that first year at Minnesota. It's a little rough. And Excuse me. No coach is expected to make a turnaround for their program within, you know, within a night. No one has ever done that. That's that's a but, but within a second season. Now that's impressive. So <laughs> I'm really man. Like, and plus you you got to think how is this? You know, a lot of chips are on the table for a lot of teams, and there's gonna be a lot of teams uh, near the end that want to you know ruin their season. Just because, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, I'm not, I've, you know, I've already stated earlier that I'm not too confident in my Wolverines against the Buckeyes, 
But if Ohio State stays undefeated and they have to travel to the big house, I'll feel, you know, I'll feel some type of way. I will. It's just like, eh? You know, if it was going, if it was traveling to the horseshoe, I would feel, you know, I, you know, I won't feel as confident. But going to the big house, hey, any given Saturday, any given Sunday, I didn't think LSU had a shot against Alabama. Truth be told, I thought Alabama was going to kill them. But, you know, you notice, you know, year in and year out, after a while, times are changing when it comes to that quarterback uh, position. You see guys like a Trevor Lawrence, you know, these guys are 19 years old, or a Tua, or Jalen Hurts. They're becoming mobile, and they're being able to throw on the run. Uh, back then, 15, 20 years ago, that really, you know, it was a rare thing to see. And that, if you did, if any quarterback had that, they weren't, you know, weren't known to be as accurate with it. They were risk risk taking, or you know, they were just, you know, it, or they did have a, a knack for it. Brett Favre was one, of the, you know, he's one of the one of the quarterbacks I can think of that was have that ability to throw on the run. Warren Moon is another one, or Randall Cunningham. So these guys, you know, but it wasn't as accurate. Aaron Rodgers, he's able to throw the ball on the run accurately. Uh, Tool, he 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 demonstrates those same skills. Same with Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence. But these guys are kids. You know what I mean? These guys are coming into freshman sophomore year and dominating these college football programs. So and that's what makes it so phenomenal to see. And these kids is I their quarterback vision and their IQ is just it's crazy. So, you know, but you got to think they've been doing this for pro- probably 10, 12 years and they get to this this level of college football and essentially in a sense it's kind of like uh their high school programs are almost as identical when it comes to training college athletes. So, so you got to put that in perspective. So, um LSU put up 45 points on Nick Saban's defense. And you got to think, is there, is there going to come a time where Saban's about to retire? Who knows? He's in the 60s now. And him, you know, you got to think, it's, it's a stressful job. Uh, you look at him, you know, seven, eight years ago to now, it's, it's a stressful job. It takes its toll on any coach, not just him, anyone. So, but either way, um, College football playoff committee definitely. I, I would love to see a six team just give that bye to the number one and number two seed. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but right now, like I said, uh, you got LSU, uh, you got Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, Alabama in that top four in the college football rankings. But if, if weeks, you know, in the upcoming weeks, yeah, if things play out, and those stars align for Minnesota and Baylor, I mean, you got two undefeated teams there, Clemson, if they went out. Um, and if uh, LSU, if they went out. <coughs> but we'll see. I, I don't know. It's We'll see what happens. We still got some football left. There's three, four weeks left for college football. But it's a uh, 16-college football committee. If you're listening, please. Definitely have some serious thoughts about that because uh, this is where teams get gypped on it. So uh, we saw it with Central Florida uh, back-to-back seasons where they went undefeated 
<laughs> and they got gypped out of that college football playoff. Uh, so, got you got you know it's 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 not a bad thought to have. So, but either way, um, that's all I have for y'all tonight. I hope y'all have a good one. I wish I could elaborate more. But uh, either way, I appreciate y'all listening. This is Engine Reserve Podcast, and y'all have a great weekend.